when we are brought up in a rational culture, and ours is a rational culture, this brings certain difficulties. Particularly, especially when it's mental health that we're talking about. Because rationality doesn't really go with mental health. We can't use rationality to arrive at a better state of mental health. Even though, of course, it's very natural that we think that we should be able to. It seems reasonable to us that we can rationalise our way to mental health. It just so happens that we can't, however. We absolutely can't. In fact, too much rationalising type activity takes us further and further away from mental health. In fact, thinking too much is the problem in the first place. So it doesn't matter what extra types of thinking or new types of thinking that we have, that isn't going to make things any better because all thinking is just thinking. It doesn't matter what we're thinking about. It doesn't matter if it's this approach or that approach, this theory or that approach. All thinking across the board makes our situation worse. When it comes to mental health, So the big problem with being brought up in a rational culture is that we get this idea that we can control things that we can't control. And even to say that there are things we can't control sounds wrong to us, sounds defeatist to us. Sounds like that rotten old negative thinking. What do you mean you can't do it? Of course you can. In other words, it goes counter to the can-do culture. It goes counter to our optimism that we can solve whatever problem comes along. And this is our mantra, that we can solve it, we can fix it, we'll beat it, is a more common way of putting it. You can beat it, we can beat it. And that sounds positive, it sounds affirmative, it sounds empowering. But that's only if we look at it in a superficial way. If we believe, or if people tell us, or if professionals tell us, or our friends tell us, or family, you can beat it, you can overcome this thing, and you can't, then what happens is, as well as feeling disappointed or um, demoralised, we also feel that it's our fault. If the problem can be fixed and everyone's telling us it can, if we do the right things and we can't, then we automatically blame ourselves and think that we're culpable, we're um, lazy or stupid or any combination of things like that. Whatever it is, it's not good. And that's inevitable. This is an inevitable consequence of believing we can control things that we can't control. 
there are certain things we can control and that's fine. But when we're talking about mental health, control really doesn't have anything to do with mental health. So we can explain controlling, not that we need to, but we can explain controlling by saying it's like if you've got a big box of chocolates in front of you. So whether it's black magic, dairy box, Thornton's, whatever the hell it is, you take the cellophane off the box, open the lid and there's all these chocolates, rows and rows of them, and you can choose any chocolate you want. So that's choice. And there's a particular type of good feeling that goes with that. You can choose whatever you want. Or if you don't want to choose anything, you don't have to choose anything. So there is a level of freedom that feels good to us. But what we don't understand is that's only superficial freedom. When it comes to how we are in ourselves, our, our mental state, there's no choosing. I can't choose my mental state like I can choose a chocolate. I just can't. That's not how it works. And yet somehow, in, in our culture, we have this assumption that we should be able to do so. Even though everyday life would show us, if we paid attention, that we never can, that nobody can choose their own mental state. So to give a particular example of this, sometimes people say, choose happiness. They don't say it very often because it does sound a bit stupid, and it is a bit stupid. But nevertheless, within, within our culture, we do come across this type of thing of choose happiness. I know, why not just choose happiness? And again, this sounds empowering. Wow, is that all I have to do? Just choose happiness. Wow, yes. But it isn't, because when we see the world in this way, and yet in practice we can't actually be happy, or let's say that um, whether I'm anxious or depressed or suffering from whatever neurotic mental health difficulty, I can't choose my way out of it or control my way out of it, then that's when the negative side of the deal comes in and I don't get any sympathy from not that I'm looking for sympathy but I don't get any maybe empathy is a better word from other people because I could have done something about it done something about it but I didn't and for myself too the the suffering increases because I'm still suffering but I ought to have been able to do something about it but for whatever reason I can't so this adds another level of suffering so that's what's going on we're increasing the amount of suffering we're in by falsely believing we can do something about it when we can't. Now again, to say something like this sounds terribly nihilistic, terribly negative. In the type of world we are, we shouldn't, we're not supposed to be saying things like that. Because that's like, um, that's doing the exact opposite of what we've been brought up to believe, that if we have a positive attitude and we're, going for it, then we will get there in the end. That's the going completely in the other direction. It sounds like we're talking about giving up. And actually we are talking about giving up. 
we're talking about giving up a type of activity that'll never work, but that'll just put us under pressure and end up making us feel like there's something wrong with us when there isn't. So the, the delusion, the central delusion of a rational culture that we can actually choose and control our own mental state only spells one thing, it spells suffering. Our attempt to choose to be happy or to choose to be free, no matter how good it might sound in a very superficial way, is actually just forcing. So we're one way, we're trying to force ourselves to be another way. And that's a cruel and thoroughly um, unrewarding thing to do. Nobody can force themselves to be a different way from they are, the way they are. That's not how it works. So in Gestalt psychotherapy, there's this idea called paradoxical change, which says that we will change. The change will happen all by itself without us making it happen or forcing it to happen just as soon as we stop trying to change ourselves. Because when we stop trying to change ourselves, that frees up our our psyche, our natural spontaneous psyche to change all by itself, which is the whole meaning of the word spontaneous. Spontaneous means things change by themselves. They don't need a little tyrant dictator telling them how to change and when to change, etc, etc. So spontaneity and freedom go together. If I give myself the freedom to be any way I am, wholeheartedly give myself that freedom rather than just repeating it to myself, then what happens is that is the doorway to spontaneity. I'm not interfering anymore. I'm taking my hands off the wheel. And then change can take place. Spontaneous change can take place. So it's not about discovering a good way to force ourselves to change or to force ourselves to be a different way. It's about learning a much subtler art and a much more helpful art. And that is the art of learning how not to put pressure on ourselves, how not to try and force ourselves to be some way that we think we ought to be or to be some way that we want to be. <laughs>